because you know that it's going to be so worth it when you bite into that thing and the butter is oozing in the most delicious, tantalizing, spectacular way. She's already in you and it's only a matter of time until you start to feel what it feels like to be her, to speak as her, to act from her. I am strong, I am capable, I can totally, totally do this. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. This is part four of my series on confidence. And this is all about something that I like to call the confidence cycle. And it's actually a really simple concept. It's really, really powerful. I think sometimes the simple things are the most power, powerful things and we want the complicated things because I think sometimes we think like, oh, if I find like the answer or the really complicated like step-by-step of how to do this, then like I don't have to like go out and be vulnerable and speak up and do the scary thing. Like I almost think we, we don't want the simple thing because <laughs> the simple thing is the thing that requires us to take brave, scary action. But If you've been listening to this series, then you know that confidence is all about taking brave, scary action. And so the confidence cycle is really, really simple. And this is going to be a really fun episode because what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through the confidence cycle. And then after I've walked you through it, I'm going to connect the confidence cycle back to parts one, two, and three of this series. So I'm going to show you how the definition of confidence relates to the confidence cycle. I'm going to show you how feeling negative feelings and feeling awful relates to the confidence cycle. And I'm going to show you how confidence 1.0 and confidence 2.0 relate to the confidence cycle. So if you are like a big picture abstract thinker like I am, you're going to love this. I'm someone where I'm like, I want to see how all the pieces fit together. I want to see everything. And I think this is going to start to give you this broader insight into the change process and into what it looks like and what is really involved in changing. So I'm excited. Okay, before I dive in, if you're new here, I want to direct you to my free resources that are available on my website. So if you go to jessguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources, you will find my ebook, which is called The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace. It is an ebook designed to help you find your own assertive voice, a voice that feels authentic, a voice that actually feels good to you versus like a weird, (laughs) fake, aggro assertive voice, which I know definitely didn't work for me. And the other resource that I have on there is my free three-part video course called Speak Like a CEO, which teaches you the three foundational skills that underlie executive presence, which are called the three C's. And I walk you through them and I teach them to you. And both of these resources are things that you can consume and immediately start taking the learnings out and immediately start changing the way that you're showing up at work, the way you're showing up in meetings, the way you're speaking to people, the way you're sending emails, um, the way you're leading your meetings. So 
These are really powerful resources that will help you elevate your communication skills. You can grab them for free. I will link them below in the show notes. And now let's talk about the confidence cycle. The confidence cycle is really, really simple. For me, though, the simplest things are the most powerful things. And if you've taken Speak Like a CEO, you know how important simplicity is in strong communication. So I am walking my talk with this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through the steps of the confidence cycle. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about cyclicality and the fact that it's a cycle and what it means to have to practice something and try out something over and over again. And then, like I said, I'm going to link it to parts one, two, and three, which I'm feeling very excited to do because I feel like so often I know like when I listen to podcasts or I'm learning things, I'm always craving the bigger picture, right? I'm always craving the like, okay, I'm learning all these tidbits of information, but like, I just want to see how they all fit together. And that exercise makes my brain feel really good, like putting all the puzzle pieces together. And I think hopefully it'll make your brain feel good too, if your brain works like mine. All right, so let's dive in. So to explain to you the confidence cycle, I'm going to keep it really, really simple. And I'm going to use the analogy of a boxing ring. And I really want you to think about being in the ring as just like being in the game, right? Like getting in the game, jumping in the ring, being willing to box, being willing to fight. So the way that the confidence cycle works is that it's an infinitely repeating cycle. It never ends. So you can start the cycle at any of these steps, actually. But I'm going to start, I'm going to have our step one be getting in the ring, So step one of the confidence cycle is you get in the rink. You've decided that you're going to take action, and that represents you jumping into the boxing rink. Step two of the confidence cycle is you fight or you play or you box, right? So step two is taking action. So step one was deciding you're getting in the rink and hopping in. Ring, rink, I don't know. Doesn't matter at all. Step two is you fight and you play. Step three is you exit and you review what happened. You look at what happens when you got in there and when you were fighting. And the reason that you look at what happened is because you're really thoughtfully and carefully and strategically making plans for what you want to do differently next time you jump back in the ring. So it's really, really simple, right? That's the entire cycle. You jump in, you fight, you jump out, you look at what happened, and you make your plans for the next time, and then you jump in again. And when you're looking at how it went, you're looking at all of the things that you did really well and all of the things that you feel really proud of, and you're looking at the areas that still feel hard and still feel difficult and still feel like a struggle. And the reason why it's so important to step out of the ring and think about how it went and think about what you want to try differently before you jump back in is because so often when we don't do that, we just kind of like tumble through our lives and we tumble through our days without stepping back and looking at whether we're actually growing and improving in the areas where we want to grow and improve. And if you're feeling stuck in your confidence and you're having meetings not going well and you're feeling like nothing is getting better and you're wondering why your voice isn't getting stronger, there's a really, really strong possibility, I would say more likely than not, that one of the things that is contributing to that 
is that you aren't carving out that time after you've jumped out of the boxing ring to really look at how it went and think about what you want to do differently next time. And this isn't just like some theory, like this is how change actually happens. Change happens when we make our default behaviors conscious, we look at how we acted in the ring, and we decide how we wanna act differently next time. And we do that over and over and over again, and eventually we've done it enough times that the new way of acting, the new way of behaving, the new way of being in the world becomes our default way so we can just jump in the ring and have a really, really successful game, a really successful fight. And it can be hard to look at ourselves and look at what happened in the boxing ring when maybe we're not feeling confident, right? It can almost feel like I don't want to like dissect how that meeting went or how that presentation went because I didn't feel good about it. But it is having the stomach to do that, the courage to look at this thing that is hard for you, to look at this thing that is scary, that is going to create the mental space that you need to slowly make these tweaks and little pivots and little adjustments to show up better and to get to that place that you want to get to where you have that very, very powerful voice in the room. So that is the confidence cycle. And you can really like to make this so easy to understand and so almost like a literal application is we can really think of meetings as boxing rings, right? And we can think of the choice to be more vocal in a meeting, to be contributing more, to be speaking with more confidence and to be speaking more frequently. We can think of that proverbially as the choice to enter the boxing ring. And when the meeting is over, you're jumping out of the boxing ring and then you're thinking about how things went in that meeting, in that conversation and what you did that worked really well that you want to continue doing, right? Um, Often when I'm working with clients and with myself on things like nerves and stage fright, that often looks like what worked really well in terms of calming myself down or soothing myself right before, right? Where were the moments where I felt really proud of how I showed up, where things felt hard, but I was able to harness strength and confidence anyway? Uh, Where are the moments where I fell off track, right? Where are the moments where I just kind of like gave into the fear and started to spiral down a little? And as you dissect those moments and look at those, you really start to see your own patterns. You start to see where you're self-sabotaging. You start to see what inner mechanisms help you harness inner strength. And just like if you were reviewing a boxing match or like a slow-mo recap at a sports game, you're looking at things move by move and you're finding these nuances, these subtleties of your own behavior, your own way of being in the world. And you really start to learn, okay, like when I do this, it feels a lot better. When I listen to these critical thoughts, then I start spiraling down. And it's so fascinating to watch this process unfold because if you haven't been doing this and you haven't been like watching yourself and looking at yourself and learning your patterns and seeing how you were in the boxing ring and you start doing it, you can have like a massive spurt of growth right away simply because you're cultivating awareness of yourself and awareness of your habits and your behaviors. So this is really, really powerful. Now I will say that the reason that it's called the confidence cycle is that because the whole point of this process of building confidence and the whole point of the cycle is that you repeat it many times. 
And the change happens over a series of instances, a series of meetings, a series of conversations, a series of the situation that you're in that you're trying to get better at. And so it's really important to not expect yourself to jump into the ring one time. And I'm gonna talk about this more in part five, myths about building confidence. But it's really, really important to not expect yourself to jump into the ring one time with your new intention and expect that a switch is gonna flip and all of a sudden you are going to feel confident. You really don't wanna fall into the trap of like, well, I just listened to a podcast episode on this exact topic. Like, let's say this happens often. Someone will listen to a specific podcast episode on this podcast with a specific technique or a specific way or a how-to or a tip of how to be confident in meetings, and then they'll try it out and they won't be super happy with how it went and they'll think that they're a failure. But really, they haven't failed. They've just only completed one confidence cycle, right? (laughs) They planned out how they wanted to be in the meeting or in the ring. They jumped in the ring. They tried it out and they jumped out and they looked at how it went and they weren't happy with it. All that means, literally, all that means, it doesn't mean the advice didn't work. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean any of that. Literally, all that means is like you just completed a cycle. Now it's time for another one great, what do you want to try differently now for the next meeting, knowing how that went? And the way that I like to think about this is like baklava. Have you ever eaten baklava? If so, you know how uh, delicious and buttery it is. Like when you bite into it, the butter oozes, right? Um, And if you've made baklava or watched someone make baklava, then this is going to make a lot of sense to you. And if not, I'll explain it to you. But baklava is like made from these layers of really, really thin dough. So I believe it's called phyllo dough, but it's like the dough that the baklava is made of is so thin when you pick it up, it's like paper. And you're like, how is this even food? This dough feels like a piece of paper. And the way that baklava is made is like you take that tiny, super thin layer of dough, you slather it in melted butter, which like best idea ever, right? Such amazing. I'm getting hungry. But you slather it in um, butter and then you place it in the baking dish and then you just keep adding layers and you keep adding layers and you keep adding layers to the baklava. And when you're making it, these layers of dough are so thin that like when you're making it, it's like this is I'm never going to have a pan like that's filled with like a tall thing of baklava because each one of these is so thin. And yet if you keep at it and you keep adding the layers and adding the butter, eventually at some point you're going to have baklava. And this is how I think about the confidence cycle. You trying something one time and then expecting that a switch is going to flip and you're going to feel radically different after one time is like taking that thin sheet of phyllo dough and putting it in a pan and being like, why don't I have baklava yet? Well, it's not that you did it wrong and it's not that you used the wrong thing or that the dough doesn't work. It's that you only have one layer of dough and you need a bunch more. And so there is something about the confidence building process where it's this dedication to staying in it. It's really this commitment and not from a harsh place, not from like a hustly place where, oh, you have to push yourself so hard, blah, blah, blah. 
from a place of like faith, a place of belief, a place of knowing that where you're trying to go, right, that person you're trying to become, that confident woman, that powerful leader, that strong communicator, from a place of knowing that she's in you. She's not somewhere out there. She's not this mythical thing that you can never be. She's already in you. And it's only a matter of time until you start to feel what it feels like to be her, to speak as her, to act from her, right? To harness the emotions that she has, the emotions of strength and certainty, rather than some of the harder emotions like fear and uncertainty and doubt. And it is this willingness to believe and this commitment and this dedication to take the time required to build all of those layers of dough into this baklava to keep jumping back in the ring, even if you had a bad boxing match, right? To try again, to keep stepping back every time and ask yourself what worked and what didn't work and why do I want to try differently for the next layer? When you have that type of dedication, And you believe, even if it's hard now, even if you can't see what the path looks like, even if it feels uncertain and scary, but you still believe that you can get there and you still believe that this end outcome that you want is possible for you. When you do that, eventually you get the most beautiful, buttery baklava, the most delicious, powerful sense of inner strength and confidence. When you bite into a good, like a good piece of homemade baklava, It is like there's a crunch, you crunch into the layers of dough, and then the butter just oozes. It is like the best thing in, probably it's the best thing in the world. Can you think of anything better in this moment? I can't. But like you bite into these beautiful layers, and the reason, the only reason that our palate has this delicious experience of the way this butter is emanating from these layers is because of the way that pastry was built, right? If we just slabbed a stick of butter and a hunk of dough and popped it in the oven and baked it, it would not taste like that. It would not be that good. It would not be that amazing. It would not be such a delicacy. But it's because of the laboring and the patience and the layer by layer and the butter in between every single layer that then finally when it's done and we bite in, it's like nothing we've ever had before. The butter is that moment of like, what can I do better, right? What can I do differently? And so when you think about building confidence, what I really want you to think about is completing as many confidence cycles as you possibly can, which means you jump in the ring, you fight, you jump out of the ring, and then you look at how it went and you think about what you wanna do differently for the next boxing match that you're in. It's a, it's like a game. It's like having fun. It's like, how many times can I go out and do it? And there's something really freeing and really almost like it opens you up when you realize that it's not about one time and that it like one time, one meeting doesn't have to go so amazingly that you get to keep trying, you get to evolve, you get to grow, right? And I'm a prime example of this if you want to use me as an example, right? Because I know that you might be thinking like, okay, you're saying that I can try as many times as I want. And you're saying like that this doesn't have to happen super quickly, but like I want to have a strong reputation at work. I want people to see that I'm confident. And like, yes, of course, but confidence isn't going to get built in one meeting. It's just so, so, so unlikely. It's like trying to make the baklava by like putting a hunk of butter and a hunk of dough into the oven. It's just not gonna work. And I'm someone 
who really started very unconfident, very shy, terrified to present my work, full of doubt, deep sense of imposter syndrome, not nearly performing at my highest potential. And I was able to get to a point where I literally felt like I had all options available to me professionally. I got to a point in my career where I was confident in what I did. I loved who I was at work and in meetings. And I got to a point where I was like, I can't really see any career paths that I would want that aren't available to me. I feel happy with how I am. I feel very successful. And I can also clearly see how my career is going to continue to evolve and I'll continue to rise and I'll continue to increase my scope and become a stronger and stronger leader. But I got there because I made baklava, (laughs) because I kept showing up to these meetings and I kept trying and I never ever once gave into the thought that maybe I just couldn't be as powerful as I wanted to be. And maybe the idea of confidence that I had inside wasn't real and wasn't based on who I am, but was like this unattainable thing. And so I really want you to think about your confidence building journey. And I really want you to start to think about your professional experience out in the world when you're in meetings, when you're doing your work, when you're taking on new challenges, when you're interviewing for jobs. I really want you to start to notice where are their confidence cycles and how can you more deliberately enter into these confidence cycles? And most importantly, when you jump out of the ring, carve out the time to really look at what happened and look at what worked and look at where you're getting stuck and try to figure out what tweaks you want to experiment with and play with for the next meeting. And it's so interesting because the tweaks and what works and what helps you feel confident in a room is going to be specific to you, right? And so often when someone comes with me to help them with this, I will sometimes see that people think that I have some sort of secret that I'm going to tell them when really that would be the worst thing that I can do because what needs to happen is we need to learn the mechanics of how you work, how you operate, what helps you click into that powerful feeling. And that is different for everyone. And the only way that you're going to figure that out is by experimenting and testing and noticing and having so much compassion for yourself because you're doing good enough and celebrating yourself for trying. And so now that I've walked you through the confidence cycle, I want to make the connection between part one, part two, and part three of this confidence series and the confidence cycle. So to recap the confidence cycle, there are three parts. You jump in the ring or you decide you're going to jump in the ring, right? And you jump in. That's part one. Part two is you you box, you play, you fight. And part three is you review and you plan for next time. Those are the three parts of the confidence cycle. And then you just keep repeating it over and over and over again. So now I'm going to take you on a journey back to part one of this series. And we're going to talk about how part one, part two, and part three all fit back into this bigger picture of confidence building. So in part one of this series, I explained to you the definition of confidence, which is to go, to take action, right? Confidence is not about the outcome you get. It's not about the result you get. It's about your willingness and your openness to move forward. When you make the choice to enter into the boxing ring, that is your act of confidence. The more boxing rings you choose to enter into, the more confidence you are demonstrating and building. That is how part one connects. 
part two, feelings and confidence. I talked about how so often we think that when we have a bad feeling, we feel doubt, we feel fear, we feel hesitation. It's a sign that something has gone wrong and that we're not confident and that we're broken and that we should give up. Now, here's how this fits in. I want you to imagine you've taken the brave action, you've jumped into the boxing ring, and you see your opponent, and you feel a massive wave of fear come over you, and you feel really, really scared. Confidence in that moment would be noticing that you feel scared and deciding that you're going to box anyway, and deciding that that fear isn't going to get in the way of you making your best effort in that moment whatever your best effort is. So it's you understanding that when you're in the boxing ring, in the meeting, at work, doing your job, and you have a wave of feeling bad and crappy and shitty and awful, it is you understanding and knowing that you can still box, right? And you don't have to do it perfectly. It's not about feeling bad and then being the best boxer in the world, right? Or feeling bad and you run the best meeting in the world, It's about feeling bad and then noticing it and saying, okay, usually when I feel this horrible feeling, I shrink and I make myself small and I don't give it my all and I give up on myself. And today, in this moment, I'm not going to give up on myself. That is not going to happen. I'm going to move forward as best I can. Maybe it doesn't mean that I'm going to be the most confident voice. Maybe my voice is a little shaky. Maybe this is hard. Maybe I kind of don't want to be here, but I'm not going to give in to the thoughts that say that I'm horrible and that I'm doing it wrong and that this isn't going well. I'm just going to show up as best I can with this circumstance. And this is where your power lies. This is where all your power lies. It is in that moment where you're in the ring and you feel that fear and you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to jump out of this boxing ring and I don't want to fight. And you're able to say, okay, I am strong. I am capable. I can totally, totally do this. That's how part two connects to this. And finally, in part three, I walked you through the difference between confidence 1.0 and confidence 2.0. Confidence 1.0 is where you take bold, confident action and you act from the place of being this powerful leader that you know you really are inside. Confidence 2.0 is when you take bold, powerful action in a way that makes you vulnerable, in a way that exposes you to rejection. And so the way that I want you to imagine this is I want you to imagine that there are all of these boxing rings that you can jump into, and some of them are confidence 1.0, and some of them are confidence 2.0. And when you're in your confidence building journey, you get to see all these boxing rings and decide which ones you want to jump into, which ones you want to play in, right? Confidence 1.0 is easier than confidence 2.0. So you have lots of boxing rings where the opponent in the ring isn't so hard to fight, right? They're maybe just an opponent that you know, like you can probably beat them. Confidence 2.0, where it's a little bit harder, it's a little bit stretchier, you're making yourself vulnerable, you're opening yourself up to rejection. Those are the boxing rings where there's kind of an opponent in there where you're like, okay, (laughs) this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a hard one. And I talked about in Confidence 1.0 versus Confidence 2.0, how we use Confidence 1.0 to help us be ready for and build Confidence 2.0. So when you're deciding which boxing rings to box in, 
You don't want to go straight into the rings where the opponent is really, really hard, right? You would first box in the ones where the opponent is easier, where you can get better, where you can improve, right? And then you would go into the harder ones. And the same is true for confidence 1.0 versus confidence 2.0. What this means is if you have made a decision in your mind of like, I want to have a stronger voice in meetings, I want to be more confident in my job, what this means is you want to be practicing that in the easier situations first before you try practicing those things in the harder situations. So if you're wanting to have a stronger voice, one of the most powerful and effective things you can do is try to have a stronger voice in the meetings where you don't feel nervous. Try to be more confident in the settings that are the easiest for you before you try to practice confidence in the bigger rooms, right? Before you go into those harder boxing rings. So that is how confidence 1.0 versus confidence 2.0 connects back to this, right? And I think the thing that is most beautiful and most empowering in all of this and what gets me really excited about all of this is all uh, that I'm teaching you about confidence and how I apply it in my own life and how I think about it. It's all our choice, right? We get to decide that we want to take action and get in the ring. We get to decide which boxing ring we want to get in and how hard we want to push ourselves. And we don't have to push ourselves to enter into the hardest ring if we're not quite ready for that yet. And also, we get to notice and acknowledge and celebrate ourselves for growing even if we're still in the easy rings, even if the fight doesn't go that well, because we understand and you understand that building confidence is cyclical and infinite. And it's not about trying something new just one time, but it's about completing as many confidence cycles as you can so that you can watch yourself grow and evolve and change. And it's about committing to it long enough to see through your transformation, to see through your change, and not giving in to the voice of doubt that tells you that if one meeting went really bad or one thing went really bad, something is wrong with you and you should give up and you are never going to really have the career you want or really get the role you want or really have like the confidence and certainty you want um, because you're trying and it's not working. Anytime that you hear that voice, just remember that you are baking the world's most delicious baklava and that you are willing to hold out and be in process and commit and be patient because you know that it's going to be so worth it when you bite into that thing and the butter is oozing in the most delicious, tantalizing, spectacular way. So that brings me to the very end of part four, the confidence cycle. And I would love to hear what you are taking away from this and sort of how you're bringing this into your work life. My suggestion to you is to start to identify the situations where you can be entering into confidence cycles and you can view your actions at work as part of confidence cycles that are ongoing. This is the most powerful way to begin the process of change. Sometimes we think it has to be really complicated and we need all these steps and it's it's not. It's it's about 
being real with ourselves. It's about challenging ourselves. It's about being willing to look at how we did, right? These are things that are sometimes uncomfortable. Getting in the ring is scary, but it is the act of doing that over and over that creates that buttery, delicious feeling of biting into the baklava. So that brings us to the very end. Thank you for sticking with me. If you want support along your journey of building confidence, and I have an entire episode coming, part six, where I talk all about building confidence alone versus doing it with support. I am obviously very much in favor of building confidence with help and support along the way because that's how I've built confidence in my own journey. I've been part of so many communities. I've worked with multiple coaches. And for me, it was really getting out of my shell and getting out of hiding and challenging myself to share my struggles with another human, to be vulnerable, to not be in it alone, to not be trying to protect my ego and just like hide from the world and like figure it out alone and then emerge super confident. Like it was my willingness to be in my mess with another person and open up to another person that for me really catalyzed so much of my own growth. If that's where you're at and you know that your next step is to get out of doing it alone and really take that scary leap of being vulnerable and take that scary step of opening up to someone else about the places that are hard. And if you feel like I am that person for you, it would be my honor to support you in that through my one-on-one coaching program. I am able to be with you through the hard things, the hard moments, the big struggles, because I've been through so many of them. And when I'm, I'm working with someone and they're dealing with something really tough or they're feeling really scared or they're having a really vulnerable moment, I'm able to be there with them so easily because I know that feeling. And even though I've made so much progress, I will never forget that feeling, right? And I will never... I will never sort of distance myself from the part of me that was really struggling because she's a part of me too. And so I am able to create that space for you to look at some of the things that are hard. And that is where all of the change happens. I mean, it's so good for us to feel good and know our strengths. And I do a lot of looking at strengths with my clients but so much of the big lasting change also happens when we're just willing to open up about what we're struggling with and what's hard, and we're willing to get help in navigating it. And that is one of my favorite things that I do in my one-on-one work as I'm supporting my clients in building confidence. If it sounds like a fit for you, you can schedule a free intro session with me using the link down below in the show notes. I will put that there. My prices are going up in August. So if you've been thinking about working with me, just get your intro session scheduled before August 1st and you'll get in at my old prices. And I'll also drop below my free resources. They are awesome. I have gotten such good feedback on my ebook and on my course, and I am so proud of them. And I would love for you to enjoy them and dive into them. All right, that concludes a part four tomorrow is part five, which is myths about building confidence. And then part six, which is more about having community, having support, having a mentor, having a coach along your confidence building journey. All right. Bye for now. Have an amazing, amazing day. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye.